Welcome to Cocky Little Freaks. I'm your host, Chris. And again, if you ever meet someone else named Chris, they're a fucking liar. Uh, This episode, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. We're going to be talking about AEW, WWE. And I have a discussion with my friend Jay, a.k.a. MC Facepalm, about his music and AEW. He's a big fan. So first, I'm going to get to the question. What is the question? Well, Every episode, I want to answer a question. It could be about anything. And this week, uh, the question is once again from my friend Griff, and he asks, how? Oh, Mike, how? Hey, welcome back. Charlie Long is Carol Brady. Didn't see you back there. How? Well, simple, really. If you bought something that you need to assemble, you really just need to follow the directions that come with it. And that's how. And now sports. The Kansas City Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. The game ended regulation at 19-19. In overtime, the San Francisco 49ers were able to kick a field goal on their first possession. However, the Chiefs marched down the field, and it was unlikely hero Nicole Hardman who scored the game-ending touchdown and the win for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now the first NFL team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since the New England Patriots did it in 2003 and 2004. But as you know, those Super Bowls were played in 2004 and 2005. What a world. Patrick Mahomes was voted the MVP of the Super Bowl, throwing for 333 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and a 99.3 rating. However, everything wasn't as rosy as it seemed in the first half in which the Chiefs trailed 10-3. to A visibly frustrated Travis Kelsey was seen pretty violently pushing his coach, Andy Reid, on the sidelines, yelling at him. The Chiefs did manage to come back and win the Super Bowl, and when Travis Kelsey was giving his Super Bowl accepted speech, uh, Andy Reid did look to be smiling and having a good time, so maybe there's nothing there now. Maybe all's well that ends well, but... In the first half, things weren't looking good for them. There are a couple big stories in the world of pro wrestling. We'll start off with WWE. It looks like Cody Rhodes will be challenging Roman Reigns at the uh, main event of WrestleMania. Um, he showed up at the press conference and made his decision that he, not The Rock would be challenging Roman Reigns. Uh, Looks like The Rock was pretty pissed about it and slapped Cody. So way to bring The Rock back to turn him heel, I guess. I have no idea what's going on. Kind of feel bad for The Rock coming back after the Vince McMahon stuff, getting booed for his match. (laughs) So, yeah, kind of sloppy there, but eh, the right match happened. Uh, In AEW, big business, as they say, uh, was announced in Boston coming on March 13th. Uh, AEW will be at the TD Garden for Dynamite. Uh, They're calling it big business, and they're spelling Boston B-O-S-S. Pretty much confirming that Mercedes Monet will be making her AEW debut at the show. Also speculated uh, will be Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada, which... Uh, has been linked to AEW recently uh, per Fightful. Hey, I sourced you. There you go, guys. I know you hate it when people don't do that. Uh, but yeah, Fightful broke that story uh, earlier today that uh, Kazuchika Okada will most likely be uh, AEW bound. Uh, but Big Business um, had their pre-sale on Friday and sold 4600 uh, As of yesterday, they were at 5600 for the show, um, which is about a little over a month away right now. So uh, things are looking good for AEW on that front. They've got a couple big names coming in. Uh, Sting's last match in AEW has sold over 15,000 tickets so far. Um, so things are picking up for them. Some of their some of their weekly shows haven't been looking too great. I think uh, Collision the other night came in with under 
2,500 fans in attendance. So that's not good, obviously. Um, but with Dynamite having this big show planned and, you know, over double of that already sold for the pre-sale without even a card announced, aside from pretty much knowing Sasha Banks is going to be making her debut, um, that's pretty good for them. Uh, another news, TNA Wrestling uh, has apparently parted ways with uh, longtime president Scott Demore, uh, who is mostly credited for the uh, complete 180 that TNA has had uh, over the past few years, making them one of the best wrestling companies in the world. Uh, if you haven't been watching it, it's uh, very pro wrestling heavy, very sports uh, heavy, uh, but they still have the entertainment and the stories built in. It's just everything's pretty logical. It all makes sense. They don't beat your he- you over the head with anything, and they're pretty funny when they have to be, and they're, they're pretty serious when they have to be. So, um, But with Scott Demore fired, they brought in a new president, um, but Scott Demore now apparently a free agent. So if uh, there are any wrestling companies looking to... Uh, turn their image around <laughs> the best guy in the business is now available so there you go so next up we have uh my discussion with uh jay darty aka mc facepalm uh again we're talking about his music and his influences and we also talk about aw uh particularly dynamite which happened last week um we recorded this uh, a few days back, and um, it was a great discussion, really fun. Hope to have him back soon, uh, but hope you like it. Check it out. With me right now on the Cocky Little Freaks podcast is my friend, Jay Darty, better known as MC Facepalm. How are you doing today? Yeah, all right. I guess you could say not better known, maybe, maybe known, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think anybody... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I understand. Uh, it's all good, though. It's all good. Uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little bit and talk about what you do? Um, I work at a thrift store in Danvers. I sell old people used clothing. Uh, sometimes I make sounds that may or may not resemble music, and... I've been playing a lot of Dave the Diver. It's a pretty good one. What's Dave the Diver? I'm I'm unfamiliar. Oh, it's a game on... I think it's on everything now. It's just pretty much this... Uh, like... Sushi restaurant management simulator with like... There's a Metal Gear Solid... Belt... It's... It's hard to explain, but <laughs> I, I spent like 70 hours on it somehow. I don't know. <laughs> well, as someone who has spent 300 hours playing Elden Ring and 200 hours playing Tears of the Kingdom, I can understand. Nice. Um, let's talk about the sounds you make. What do you make sounds about? Um, I make a, like... I got uh, the songs about robots and aggro crags and um, yeah, stuff like that. That's pretty much it, you know. (laughs) Uh, What are some of your your favorite songs that you've recorded? I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I'm kind of... I guess the top two would be Power Walking, The Aggro Crag, and Robot Man, because they were the second and third songs I've ever written, and I just kind of keep redoing them, because, <laughs> you know, it changes sound a little bit every release, and it's a lot easier to re-record songs than to come up with new songs because I'm not really good at that. <laughs> so power walking the aggro crag is kind of like your Unforgiven, where you just keep doing like Unforgiven two, Unforgiven three. What are they up to now? Did they? Are they... <laughs> I think three. <laughs> they oh might be Jesus! Four. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You know, a couple people said they liked it. I didn't know if they were actually, like, uh, telling the truth or if they're like, yeah, I like that one song. 
Yeah, what song? Uh, 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 something about the aggro crag. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like really people like it or they just, you know, say they do. I mean, I'm sure if they're saying that they liked it, then they liked it. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they are my mom after all. So. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um. So yeah, who are some of your uh, musical influences? What sort of spawned the MC Facepalm existence? To be honest, I don't really know. Um, most of the bands that I listen to have absolutely no parallels with anything I do. <laughs> so finding influences is musically is kind of... Uh, kind of impossible i guess because i'm not really i don't sit there and say oh i want this song to sound like uh you know like some of my favorite bands because it's really all over the place um you know i'm really into devo um one of my favorites um yeah pretty much it's all over the place really i like i don't i don't know like if i go down my playlist i'll have like um you know i'll just check it quick um let me see i'll just yeah i got ace any anywhere from like aesop rock to andrew wk um Devo, I guess, uh, Dan Deacon, stuff like that, like kind of abstract. I can definitely see some, uh, some Andrew WK in the MC yeah. Face Palm world. Yeah, I guess that would be the best, uh, thing to say, like influence wise, but like most of the stuff I listen to is way too good for me to be influenced by. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, this guy got talent. So what are we, how am I going to be influenced by somebody who can actually write songs? I, I <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to push some keys on my keyboard and hope for the best. Okay. So where did you get your, uh, music degree from Berkeley? Um, the school of hard knocks, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, I have a so, couple of friends who went to Berkeley and I just think it's like the biggest waste of time and effort. Uh, everyone I know who went to Berkeley is like pretty renowned now. Like I know a bunch of people oh, who nice. are, uh, like, like Dave Davidson and, uh, uh, Ben Cohen um uh, brush all those people like yeah they're all kicking ass yeah most of the people that i'm familiar with just really picked up the stuff um you know it's like you can learn whatever you can learn in a in that type of setting but ultimately it comes down to like you know knowing you know for example how to mix levels and everything and getting the college degree version of it is completely different from uh you know going into the studio and doing it organically i guess you know there can be kind of differences between um you know so so i did both i i went to school for music and uh i pretty much like 15 years later had to figure out how to do it on my own because by the time i got like logic pro x i i my years of using uh pro tools were at least a decade prior so yeah <laughs> i had to basically relearn everything um yeah i get i get what you mean um where can people find your music uh it's all on bandcamp mc facepalm uh dot bandcamp.com I got a couple songs on Spotify, but I'm waiting to finish up some stuff before I really push that. All right. Well, now that we got the introduction out of the way, let's talk about the important stuff. You and I converse 
fairly often, fairly regularly about AEW. So pretty much every Wednesday, you're like the only person I know who is also watching it with me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that got me. Well, I won't say it got me back into wrestling because you know. I don't really watch a lot outside of AEW, but yeah. it did uh, did get me into, you know, I started after um, this past week, I really wanted to get into a CMLL, like those guys, oh, yeah. like I've seen some AAA stuff, but not too much CMLL stuff. Yeah, um, I feel like we get more AAA around here. Um, yeah. I think there might be like a Lucha Libre uh Tubi channel um oh nice but i forget if it's cmll or triple a yeah oh and um before before aew the last like weekly wrestling thing i watched was lucha underground oh uh, yeah. that's that's how gone i am like out of the loop up until aew i uh i really liked lucha underground uh, the first two seasons were like flawless. I never watched season three or season four. Um, they yeah. were like, harder to find for whatever reason. But um, yeah, I was a big fan of season one in particular. Yeah, it's just like it was completely different for the time. Looked different. It was just different. You couldn't really. At that time, uh, you couldn't really find half the Luchadors stuff. Uh, that was kind of like right before, like the internet blew up, and uh, you could find it everywhere. And you know, it was just a little bit harder to get into back then. But I also think having a TV show where there was like very easy access to it made it easier to find. And it really did introduce like a lot of people like King Cuerno to me, um, who's in WWE right now. And, uh, like, uh, uh, Ricochet was, uh, what's yeah. his, what was his name in uh, there? I forget. Prince Puma. Prince Puma. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, like introduced all these like rising stars who like, you really didn't know. It kind of gave them a different gimmick, but then you had people like, uh, <laughs> um uh what's his name uh not matanza Quino, but uh the little guy the actor um, dario oh, i don't know dario Quino. so like, oh yeah 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 <laughs> he's like the 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 figurehead running the show and and like you see him on the show and you're just like who is this guy i've never seen him in wrestling before and then like a month or two later i saw him on it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> nice I'm like, nice. oh, he's just an actor. Um, but yeah, it introduced me to uh, like a ton of the luchadors who you're seeing like today in WWE and AEW. Like AEW has so many lucha underground guys, it's not even funny. Yeah, I kind of wish Ricochet would uh, leave there and uh, come to AEW. <laughs> what are they doing with him? Uh, I know he's involved with their... WWE has a really good ring announcer, Samantha Irwin. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess he's, like, engaged to her. Yeah. So, like, he he was doing, like, IC title stuff, and I think he might have been U.S. champion um, or maybe intercontinental champion, one or the other. But um, I don't really watch WWE Weekly TV, so I don't really know. I watch, like, the the pay-per-views. I don't even really know what's going on outside of CM Punk being injured in uh, the rock taking cody's spot that's just <laughs> that's enough for me to know i don't i don't yeah they have it's all the so, momentum in the world and they're just like eh, i'm gonna shoot myself in the foot <laughs> yeah and uh people complain about aew not being able to tell stories it's like uh, what is but, what is w i don't even know <laughs> I don't know. Like the 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 hate AEW gets is beyond yeah. at this point. It's, it's like it, there was there was a Facebook post about yeah tickets are going on sale for the AEW at TD Garden like all these fucking uh, 
WWE stands came chiming in like, it's all ex-WWE wrestlers. It's like, they're not WWE wrestlers just because they're in WWE. They got a start elsewhere, you know? It's like, they built up. It's not like they just like, yeah, I want to wrestle. I'm in WWE. It's like people don't understand that all of it's, these, well, ex except Jade Cargill had a independent base before they joined. So it's like they're not even like, they're like ex-PWG uh, guys or like, you know, ex-Beyond Wrestling guys yeah. that joined the WWE, but they only see it as... Uh, you know, there's one promotion where everybody gets their fame, so that's the only promotion that exists. I don't know. It's weird. this weird thing where they're like, on one hand, if someone if someone from AEW goes to WWE, they're like, oh yeah, they're leaving yeah. the little leagues and they're going up to the majors. Yeah, we got them. And then if someone from WWE goes to AEW, they're like, oh, they're a WWE reject. Like, so it's like yeah. such like. Uh, you can't win with them like attitude that they're fake it's like basically the only thing they care about is winning yeah like, they want to win the conversation about wrestling and just kind of yeah. like dude it's fucking wrestling yeah like, like this off. one kid was like <laughs> yeah have fun with the second the second promotion it's like okay yeah I w will. Uh, AEW isn't as big as wwe and yeah. Like, right. okay, I will. Like, like have fun I'm with sorry, uh, this five year old promotion is not as big as this promotion that's been around for longer than I've been alive. I'm sorry it didn't yeah. instantly happen. Like, yeah, it's insane how some of these people are. It, 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 and like, all I hear from them is like, well, the AEW people, oh, I hear blah, blah. I'm like, I don't see it. I see maybe one or two people get fed up with the WWE people and like talk about AEW. But yeah. I don't see like a legion of AEW bots basically just like yeah. spamming posts constantly. And that's what they're doing. It's yeah. freaking ridiculous. And then like it kind of dictates the the conversation of wrestling too. So like even if AEW does something good, it doesn't matter because it's still AEW. So like you you can't win like no matter what you do with them you just can't win they're just like stuck in their ways. Yeah, it's like with the uh, Mercedes Monet thing. It's like oh she's ex WWE. It's like were you complaining when she wrestled for uh, New Japan? Were right. you like like oh she's wrestling in New Japan? She's a uh, ex no. <laughs> It's like, what, you want these people to be unemployed for the rest of their life because they left WWE? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I don't they, know, dude. They're bad people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of uh, the ending of Dynamite this past week? The match itself or the post-match? The, the whole thing. The match itself and the post-match. I kind of saw it coming, because, um, like, as far as Sting and Darby winning, because what are they going to do, make Sting lose his second-to-last match, and then win his, like, no. Like, they, they're not going to do what WWE did to The Undertaker by making him lose to Brock Lesnar, and then if, was it a few years later he lost to uh, um, Roman Reigns, or was that the next year? No, it was three it was... years apart. So he lost yeah. it 30 to Lesnar, and then he lost it 33 to Roman. And I was at the Roman one, and like I'm Ew. like, okay, so Undertaker's retired. And that should yeah. have been it, because every match he had after that was dog shit. Yeah. Even the Roman match so, he had um, there was dog shit. Yeah, um... I don't know. It was pretty good. I, you know, I popped for it. It's like good for him. You know, I think it was good. It wasn't forced, but uh, I, really I don't like know the, how I feel about the Young Bucks. I don't know. I like Young Bucks as heels, um, as faces. I, I they kind of get a hard time getting sympathy, um, but as heels, they do. They 
get do a really good job at being obnoxious. And yeah. so th- them as heels works a little better. They're kind of like Miz, like in a way that like, yeah, you can turn them face for a little while and it'll work for a little bit, but like it only really works when he's heel. Yeah. And, but, or um, teaming or teaming with our truth. <laughs> that yeah, that'll work. But our truth is also yeah. there's a subtle genius to our truth. Yeah, that's um that's like, pretty much my knowledge of WWE is like Twitter recaps and our truth highlights. <laughs> like like our truth showing up in the women's rumble and the same number he showed up in the men's rumble. Like he showed up at number 24 in the women's rumble, I think it was. Um and like Valhalla was making her way to the ring. And yeah. then like he got into the ring and realized it was all women. And then, and then he left. And then in the men's rumble, it was the same number and he came out again. <laughs> and he, he tagged in. Yeah, he tagged in during the, to, from Dominic. No, it's not uh, Dominic. It's Tom and Nick. <laughs> he thinks Dominic are two people. Tom and Nick. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, God. He's like, I really like Tom and Nick Mysteria. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he's a uh, national treasure. Like, there's a subtle genius to it. Like, like it's so dumb, and he's such an idiot that he's actually brilliant for doing it. Yeah, he's been doing it for years now. That's for for over a decade. Like, it's it's a good gimmick for him. Like, he's been cashing checks this whole time. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll um, go to AEW. Oh my God. Danhausen no, 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 no. and R Truth tag team. Okay, that sounds good, but he needs to stay in WWE because, like, as long as like, just keep well, on doing it. It's never gonna get old. Yeah, like, he yeah. will always be the comic relief there. But if he was to leave, and or you know, maybe even Danhausen, one of them leaving, they need yeah. to. Yeah. Absolutely. Team Although, them up. <laughs> They're totally under how many I was thinking earlier, how many matches has Danhausen had in AEW? Uh, I think like under ten. Yeah, probably. That sounds right. Yeah. Like they, they're missing they, it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Even Danhausen posts sometimes on Twitter about how he's uh not being used and he'll he'll <laughs> he'll quote treat treat uh CM Punk. Uh, his old WWE like disgruntled tweets. <laughs> like he'll go back to like 2012 and 2013 and find like this poop ain't fun anymore. <laughs> and he'll retweet that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They- but uh, I, I did enjoy the ending of the, um, the tag match. Like, like big bill stuff looked really good with Darby, but uh, sting and Ricky Starks at the end where they were facing off and like Ricky Starks had the upper hand and then he's like looking over at Sting and he's like suddenly like this like look of just pain comes over his face like do I really have to do this and like he's having second thoughts and it's just for like a moment but like you can see it and I'm just like man they got that camera angle right in his face they got it and it worked because then he hit the spare anyway and Sting kicked out it was just such like a, a nice little wrinkle that made the story extra special for me because then when Sting yeah. actually won the match and they became tag champs i was just kind of like 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 i know sting didn't want to win a title but like one last title for sting is such a good little thing to go out on yeah yeah but my thing is they'll what they'll probably do they'll let sting and darby remain undefeated and they'll probably have another tournament for the uh, tag belts it's it's been a few weeks <laughs> yeah what's it been like two weeks since the last tournament yeah but yeah. here's the thing i like tournaments so i'm I'm cool with it <laughs> yeah i don't mind it it's just a freaking lot of tournaments there's a lot of tournaments but that's fine we got the owen hart invitational coming up um and then w i hope WWE brings back the king or queen of the ring because like i like that um uh, 
I know I, most people don't care about King of the Ring, but I always thought it was a good idea. I'm like, they just never execute it well because they, they lean too much into the king and not too much, so much into what the king is supposed to be, which is supposed to be yeah. like a main event player. They're like, we're just going to put a silly crown on your head. It's like, no, you don't put a crown in his head. You give him a fucking title shot at a paper. Yeah. Like, it's real simple. Like, hard to screw that shit up. But they just don't do it for whatever reason. But anyway, well, regardless, they already, I still like tournaments. They already screwed up Cody, so why not keep that ball rolling? I don't know if they screwed up Cody. I think they're, uh, there's just stuff going on behind the scenes that, you know, sometimes the left hand missed what the right hand did, and you they, they dropped their their coffee you know what i mean like yeah they they they're fumble they fumbled it but they they're gonna get another chance i think so we're still a few weeks out from mania i think they can recover i'm not too worried about it um yeah. i don't even hate the fact that it's rock versus roman like i think that's a good match still because i think the rock has a lot to offer and uh him and roman sort of like a, a a big match anyway it's just weird the way they did it with uh Cody winning the rumble and then being like, I choose you Roman, but I'm going to give it to the rock instead. It's like a very like weak thing for like, it's not something the winner of the Royal rumble would do. The winner of the Royal rumble would come out after the rock came out to challenge him and be like, I don't know what you're doing, but I won the rumble. I call my shot and I'm facing Roman at WrestleMania. And then you have rock and Cody having a disagreement and that's where your heat is. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> But anyway, back to AEW. Um so this is Brian Danielson's last year at wrestling and uh they've been having him well, wrestle a lot of uh CMLL guys recently. Do you think he wins the Triple Crown or the Continental Crown? No. You don't. No. He knows he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. And he's to. Go- but does he? No. He knows he doesn't need to. I see it being more like, um, you know, how they wanted Edge to beat The Undertaker at, uh, was it Mania? And he was just like, no, I don't, I get nothing out of that. Yeah. I see him, like, what's he going to do, win? hold the titles for a year and then vacate them and be, Hey, there's another tournament. <laughs> um, that's a good point. Yeah. They, if he retires with the titles, they have another tournament for them. <laughs> and Eddie's story is too good now. Yeah. I've been enjoying Eddie Kingston. Did you see the photo of him, uh, recreating the Kawada triple crown, uh, photo? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, Funny. Eddie's cool. Like he he's like the stone cold Steve Austin of indie wrestling. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's non WWE Steve Austin. Like he's just like he gets it and he could do no wrong. You still yeah, there? Did I lose you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm you. still here. <laughs> Excellent. A lot of people like that have never seen Eddie wrestle. Just, oh, he's out of shape. Who cares? Who cares? You need people with different body styles for for, uh, contrast. Not everybody could be like the chiseled, lean, muscular guy. Like, you can't just have a roster full of those. You need doughy guys. You need big, huge monsters. Like, you need the diversity and the way people look so that people can get behind certain people and they could boo certain people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Plus, uh, that guy, that guy could like legit beat the shit out of nine tenths of the population. So yeah. Like he's just a brawler. Like I, I, it's hard not to get behind like the, the puncher, you know what I mean? Like he's in every match, he's got a puncher's chance. He's never, it, he's never an automatic loss. Yeah. Yeah. So Except like, for like the first two thirds of the Continental Classic, where he <laughs> went like zero and three. Yeah, but did you see him coming back and winning every match after that? Because yeah, yeah, 
Like yeah. I thought the way they told that story was incredible. And like I, I the way I mathematically it all worked out was just real good. They put a lot of time yeah. and planning into that. I had a feeling it was gonna happen because they weren't gonna you know, you had the ROH and uh New Japan strong titles. They're not gonna make them go like like four and one or whatever. So I think right. when he's I think at that point it was like they're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do that. I mean he might not win, but he, they're not gonna make him go oh and six or whatever. Yeah, but just the way they mathematically planned it out and the fact that they had him beat everyone in the Blackpool Combat Club in a row yeah. to to finish it off and, and retain the titles and win the Continental title. I was just like, wow, that was really good because everyone, every single person was like, Swerve is winning this. Not a single yeah. person was like, Danielson's winning it. Or not a single person was like, Moxie's winning it. Every single person was saying, Swerve is winning this. And I was like, no, it's going to be either Danielson or it's going to be Moxley, or it's going to be Eddie. Like, it's going to be one of those three. Like, Swerve is going for the world title. This would be, like, the worst thing for Swerve would be to win a minor title right now. Because yeah. that would just kill his momentum. And they'd be like, okay, this is the end of your story. But him going after the world title is such a better idea, because he's white hot right now. you got to go with your hot hand. you got to play the hot hand. But are they going to get rid of Joe so quickly? That's kind of the intrigue, in my opinion. It's like, okay, Joe just won the title after a very long MJF reign. Um, Swerve is white hot, and then, so it's like, does Joe retain against the hottest act in your company? Or do you throw Hangman in there as sort of like a, a, a diversion, so where like Joe pins Hangman and Swerve can keep his heat? Or Swerve pings Hangman and Joe can keep his heat? Like, what do you do? Because I feel like the reason Hangman is in this match is to eat the pin. Because he's going heel, too. With the box. Yeah. Like, there's no way that he's not. It's the mustache. <laughs> he's Magnum T.A. now. Uh, I, I, I almost said he was Joey Ryan Jr., but no. I don't want to. <laughs> he no, already feuded with Joey Ryan. He's a penis pretender. Uh, why did Joey Ryan have to be an asshole? Yeah, so many of them. Yeah. Have you watched all of the Swerve and Hangman matches? I think so. Like, the Full Gear one, and then uh, they had another one. I forget when that was. But then they just had this recent one, and like all three of them have just been like so. Oh, the the first one was all out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like that one was just like competing for match of the night, and like what you kind of think is a little bit of a throwaway match, and then they just like tear the house down, and then they have this uh, this incredible match at full gear, which was like probably like one of the top three matches of of AEW's entire year was Swerve and Hangman full gear when fucking Swerve has the barbed wire he wraps it around Hangman he does the backflip and it gets caught in his face and stuff like it was just such a rad match yeah yeah but uh you were none too pleased about the draw on uh on, Dy- on Dynamite this past week care, care to elaborate what was that? The draw when when the uh, time limit ran out. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We don't need, it seems as, I don't think you need a three-way for a title. Because that just, you know, it could, I don't know, I just, I don't like triple threats for titles. I understand. Like, the champion doesn't need to be pinned, so the champion could lose his belt without losing the match. I think that is part of the intrigue, though. Like, And that's how you like keep Swerve popular if he doesn't win it here, or that's how you keep yeah, that's... Joe popular if he loses it immediately. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's part of the intrigue of the match, in my opinion. But, like, yeah. when uh, <laughs> we were talking this week and there was the draw, 
um, you were like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, was just, I get I it. I was just like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how they're going to have hangman lose to swerve three times in a row. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, I thought the draw was like the perfect ending and it leads to the triple threat, which I don't like them just because you always have the one guy doing nothing. And it's always yeah. just kind of like a little weird and off putting. It, it kind of takes me out of the immersion a little bit. Um, and and it, wrestling is one of those things that requires immersion. It's like the Royal Rumble when there's three people in. It's like, what, what's that one person doing? Like, you know, just hanging out watching the other two beat the crap out of each other for three minutes or whatever? You know? So, um, we have a, a Royal Rumble drinking game, and one of the rules is guy in the corner doing nothing. You take a drink. Nice. So, so that's one of those things that you notice as a, like a little kid, <laughs> where it's like, yeah. why isn't that guy doing anything? <laughs> it's like, why isn't he like teaming up, like you know, with someone that's beating the crap out of someone else? Right. Just right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, what do you think of, uh, last thing we'll talk about, I guess, with AEW is the, uh, Adam Copeland and Christian story. Have you been following that? Uh, yeah. What uh, do you think of the patriarchy? Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm not really fans. Really? Um, yeah, is- I just think... Like, you know, it's just a little too, um, kind of too, like, cut and paste at this time, you know? It's like Christian Cage comes out, talks about someone's mother. Someone's in the ring that he has a problem with, so he's talking to him. Oh, Luchasaurus jumps in and jumps him from behind, and, you know. Who? I don't know. Who? God damn it. Kill switch. <laughs> that was a good reaction to that. I knew um, right when I said it, I was like, he's, he's going to say something. <laughs> I am a dink like that. Um, but uh, Mama Wayne. Oh my God. She is just my favorite. I love her. When she comes out and she's got that like weird mom hair now and she just like looks around, she's like, you boo me, you boo a mother. I'm just like, man, just, she is just so, she has so much heat and she doesn't even realize it. It's so good. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. That was kind of weird when she hit edge or well, edge, Adam Copeland. Ed, edge. Uh, gave the concerto yeah. to her son so it made sense yeah yeah i guess i don't know we'll <laughs> see but uh, I, mean, I i also enjoyed the uh the adam copeland winning the tnt title for like five seconds thing too <laughs> uh yeah that was that was bad See, that's what everyone says. It's like, it's bad. I'm like, I enjoy this. Like, this is, this is the type of like little, like, cause it's the minor title. You're not doing it with your world title. So this is where it works to do a dusty finish and to like not swerve the audience. The only way it works with the world title is if you're crowning someone for the first time or like making it like their like career defining goal or something like that. It doesn't work when it's just like a, a random like luchasaurus doing it or something like that it doesn't work who who uh, <laughs> i don't know who you're talking about swell kitsch oh there you go <laughs> good one i like that but um yeah so big business coming up in a few weeks are you gonna go to that yeah um i was talking to my boss who's uh watches a lot of wwe today and uh they're doing the pre-sale tomorrow yep and what's the point of having a pre-sale if you're just gonna post 
the pre-sale password online. It's like, why don't you just make tickets go on sale for everyone <laughs> on the same day? But like, I was looking it up. I was like, oh, they're doing a pre-sale. It's like on the TD Bank Twitter page, the pre-sale password. It's like, I remember when I was a kid, like, if you wanted to get in on pre-sale, you had to have, like, an American Express credit card or something like that. You had to, like, have something special to get the code. And I was just like, all right, here you go. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. No, because I, I, it's a one-day pre-sale, too. So you, they go on sale to the public, like, the very next day. Yeah. So... <laughs> So I was like, originally, I was like, yeah, I got Saturday off. I'm going to wake up and get tickets. It's like, oh, we get a pre-sale tomorrow. It's like, oh, shit. Now I got to tell them I'm going to be late for work because my car battery died, but I'm really buying wrestling tickets. (laughs) I would just say the truth. I'd just be like, hey, I got to buy wrestling tickets. I'm going to need a minute. (laughs) Yeah, I asked my boss who was going to be there tomorrow morning. Uh, cause I might be a little bit late. <laughs> I didn't tell him why. Yeah. If they don't ask yeah. you, I have to tell them why. But I would just be honest. I don't care. I'd just be like, yeah. And if they say no, I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. I wasn't asking permission. I'm telling you, I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Is it all right if I come in a little bit, little bit later? Uh, no, not really. Okay, cool. I'll see you in a, <laughs> see you a little well, bit later. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to that. I think it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun with uh, Mercedes Monet. And we were uh, we were kind of spitballing with ideas about who else it could be. And I was like, uh, oh, maybe it could be Okada, or maybe it could be Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's probably not, but I could see Okada. Yeah. I could see it, like, because... I mean, it's probably just Mercedes, but if Tony Khan really wanted to pull out all the stops at once, I don't know, actually, if they'd... mm, I mean, he could, but I think... He's done it before. What was the time before? And Danielson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think... I don't think Adam Cole is on the same level as like uh, Okada as far as, well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, Adam Cole wasn't like, did he ever wrestle on the main roster at WWE? He was in our Royal Rumble, I believe, 2019. Yeah, he was more, he was just NXT. I mean, he's good. But I think I think Okada would be a bigger deal than uh, Adam Cole. But would he be? (laughs) But would Okada being signed the same day as Mercedes debuts? Is like is that? I don't know if that's a good idea, or maybe they. But I think in in defense of it, you've already pretty much announced Mercedes Monet because you've spelled Boston B-O-S-S with money signs. Yeah, yeah. It couldn't be more clear. So this way you have like an additional surprise like, oh, didn't have, I didn't anticipate that too. Oh, wow. That's a lot. And like I said, they've done it before with the Adam Cole and Brian uh, Brian Danielson debuting one after the other. So it's not like they're averse to doing something like that. Uh, yeah, but I think it would be separate on the show where Mercedes Monet would open the show, and then at the end it would be Okada coming out at the end to show that he's with AEW, and then you get Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada again. Well, hopefully, <laughs> Kenny's still. Uh, I think he's still sick with the yeah. Der- so he, so he had diverticulitis, and uh, yeah, that's go. no fun. That's like the worst. Yeah, it was funny. Everybody was talking shit about the promo he cut when him and uh, Jericho was supposed to face Ricky Starks and Big Bill. 
It was, Meanwhile, it was just kind of whatever. He was in the ring in extreme pain. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, the promo was shit. It was it's not like, shit. It was not. It was it's like people were making a big deal about nothing. I remember that. Yeah. It was not shit. It was fine. Yeah, but he was in immense pain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then sure like was. two days two days later they announce he's in the hospital. It's like, oh yeah, don't you feel like an asshole? Fucking idiots. Like, the toughness that guy has, like that like he does not draw attention to, but then you find out afterwards. It's like hockey level. Like like people playing with like broken thumbs and like bruised ribs and shit. And then like yeah. Kenny Omega's like, oh yeah, I had vertigo for like two years when I was having like the best matches ever. <laughs> like I couldn't like I had no balance. <laughs> yeah, like if I stand up too fast, I'm like on the floor for half an hour and right. that dude's like Oh, that doesn't really have anything to that's just kind of me being out of shape. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I will see you at uh big business that'll be a fun night uh again thank you mc facepalm for for joining me on cocky little freaks this week it was a pleasure talking with you and chatting with you about all things aew which i will probably just message you (laughs) yeah we're gonna rampage is on tomorrow so yeah we'll probably watch rampage in a while yeah, me neither. I just read the results on the, the next day online. Just, I'm I'm turning forty next week. There's only so many hours a, a week I can yeah. dedicate to watching weekly wrestling. So it's like I pick and choose what I watch, and it's usually just AEW and TNA. Yeah, like middle of the week. Like TNA is on right now, um, but you know I, I can watch it on a delay. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was fun chatting, and uh, let's do it again sometime. Hey man, this was a fun time talking to Jay again. You can find him on the internet as MC Facepalm. You can listen to his music and uh, check it out. He's a good dude. And to end the episode, I like to cover a song in a different style. And my friend Sean this week suggested I do a Star Wars song as Dimebag. So here you have Domination March. See you next week.